Welcome to the Next Level American Dream podcast, brought to you by Thompson Multifamily Group. Your hosts, Abigail and Sean, will discuss how you can take your American dream to the next level through real estate investing, business practices, and personal development. Join us as we share our experiences as a father-daughter duo who are trying to accomplish their goal of financial freedom. We hope you learn more about how to define and achieve your American dream. Here's another episode of Next Level American Dream. On today's episode of Next Level American Dream, we sit down with Edwin Kelly. Edwin is America's leading expert on self-directed retirement accounts and self-directed investment strategies. He has more than 24 years of experience in the financial services industry. Edwin is a founder and currently serves as CEO of Specialized Trust Company. Prior to founding Specialized Trust Company, Edwin helped grow one of the largest self-directed IRA custodians in the industry. In our conversation, he shares his expertise with us. Hi, Edwin. How are you today? Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. It's, it's great to reconnect. I know uh, it's probably been, what, a year since we've yeah. uh, seen each other last? So it's been... Yeah. Really, yeah. Almost. It was October, I think, when we saw when we met you. Okay, so it hasn't been quite a year yet. Yeah. But a lot has changed in a short period of time. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> so, Edwin, can you just explain a little bit about your background and what it is that you do today, your company and things like that? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give you the, the very abbreviated version, but uh, the long and short of it is, is that, you know, I was raised by a single mom and became very interested in money because we didn't really have much when I was growing up. And so began investing, believe it or not, in, well, I started working in elementary school, began investing, opened up an UGMA account in uh, middle school, invested through high school, went into college and found out there's this field called finance, which I didn't understand that because like, I, you know, I never was around people like that. And, and I'm like, man, you can actually study this stuff. Like, this is amazing. Right. And I, I, I took every class I could on finance and investing and I, and I, and I, I've spent my entire career in this space. And, and the thing that I always wanted to do, I always knew I was an entrepreneur at heart. I knew I wanted to set up my own businesses and work uh, for myself. And I was looking for a niche in, in the investing finance world that I thought would make a lot of impact and add a lot of value to people's lives. And it's been an interesting journey, but long story short, that's where Specialized Trust Company came from. Because what we do is we are a self-directed retirement account custodian. And for folks who are not familiar with that, what that basically means is that what most people have when they have a retirement account, they're used to being limited or restricted to stocks, bonds, mutual funds, CDs. But the reality is when the government created the rule book, they allow us to invest in all kinds of things, such as real estate, notes, private equity, right? Cryptocurrencies. I mean, I mean, it, it, it just goes on and on and on. What you do need is you need what's called a specialized custodian or a special, hence, by the way, the name, right? Real clever. You need a, you need a specialized custodian or, or a retirement account, a company that holds your retirement accounts that will allow you to invest in what you choose to invest in, right? So long as it's allowed by the government versus having all these restrictions put on you, which is what typically happens at banks and brokerages. And so, so that's what specialized trust company does. And that's why I got into it because I viewed self-directing as the way for people to create true financial freedom and wealth and, and actually build a legacy for their families. Yeah. I guess the, your business 
gives people a ton more freedom than they're accustomed to really. Most people just sort of put their money into a mutual fund. It's managed by an asset manager. And, you know, you just don't really see it. It's kind of, it's kind of set it and forget it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But with, um, with specialized trust or the business that you're in, it uh, really empowers people to, to create their own wealth and to do, do the things the way they want to do them, which is much more, for a guy like me, that's much more um, uh, interesting than, than just giving some, some guy on Wall Street my money, for sure. Let's jump into, uh, so Specialized Trust Company, you mentioned it's self-directed IRA. Uh, sort of uh, lay the foundation for everybody. What is uh, the self-directed IRA? Um, what does that mean? What does it look like? You know, how does it operate? So, well, first of all, what is a retirement account? So, because I put accounts in two categories, right? I call it plain vanilla, right? So that's one category. And then the other one is self-directed. Okay. So, so a retirement account at the end of the day, and, and a lot of people have them. In fact, 70% of adult Americans over the age of, of 35 have a retirement account of, of some kind, right? And so people are familiar with the idea that, hey, I put money away, I get to save it. And it's for the future, right? It's, it's for when I stop working. But people don't give it too much thought beyond that. But, but retirement accounts offer a lot of advantages. Asset protection, uh, which we can get into if we have time. Tax protection, which is the main one people think about. An ability to accumulate money, right, and, and create wealth. You know, those are the, those are the key benefits. And, and all retirement accounts, by the way, wherever, wherever you have it, will offer you those benefits. However, what I call a plain vanilla account is one that, uh, again, the financial institution that holds your retirement account places restrictions on you. And usually those things, the restrictions that they put on you is that you are only able to purchase what they call a marketable security, i.e. A, a, uh, a commissionable product, right? So they're getting a commission or a load or a fee on the investment that, you're, that the client is, is investing their retirement account in. And so those things are typically restricted to stocks, bonds, mutual funds, CDs. By contrast, a truly self-directed retirement account or IRA is one that takes off those restrictions and will allow you, because it's your account, to invest in anything that the government allows. So here's, here's kind of my definition of a self-directed uh, IRA. It's an IRS approved vehicle that allows you to get complete control over the money in your account right? Invested in anything that the government allows, grow your investments, your income, your profits and earnings, 100% tax protected, right? So your money will grow exponentially faster and larger uh, through time because we're not paying taxes as we go. And then at some point in the future, when we want to spend that money, depending upon the type of account you have, you can, in many cases, spend that money 100% tax free. And, and what I mean by tax free is no income tax, no capital gains tax, no AMT tax, no social security tax, right? No tax at all. So, so that's my definition of a self-directed retirement account. You mentioned depending on which type of account that you have. So there are several different types of accounts. And I know I've, I've dealt with specialized your company before. And part of what you guys do is help people either transition from where they're at in their corporate job to, to a self-directed and sort of help people find the right directed, self-directed vehicle to get into, right? So do you mind going through some of the different versions of a self-directed IRA? Yeah, so uh, in terms of accounts, they all, the, I, I put accounts at, that into three categories, right? So there's IRAs, there's 
what we call company sponsored plans or small business retirement plans. And then there's tax advantage savings accounts, right? So IRAs, you know, IRA stands for individual uh, retirement account. Well, that's what most people call it. It's actually in the code, it's an individual retirement arrangement if you wanna be technically correct for all the haters that will comment on YouTube. I know what it stands for, but nobody says that. It's IRA, individual retirement account, that's what everybody thinks it says, right? That's what it stands for. So, well, for the most part, right, we all qualify because we're all individuals, right? And that's why I, the government created IRAs, to give every individual an opportunity, right, to save and, and plan for retirement. Company-sponsored plans are plans that are, quote, sponsored by a company, right? So if you're a full-time investor or you're a part-time investor, if you set up a, a side business, whether it be an Amazon business or a real estate investment business or, or whatever that is, in many cases, then you qualify for a small business retirement plan. And, and those offer some, some additional advantages. And then there's tax advantage savings accounts. And those are specialty accounts, typically education savings accounts for the kids or grandkids, health savings accounts, which is something that we use company-wide as specialized. Uh, again, because we understand this stuff, we know how to put together. And so, so there's a lot of advantages to that. So those are the categories of accounts and there's you know, different accounts within that. Now, when we talk about the, the difference to say between, when, like go, going back to your, your question about, you know, well, what is actually like some of the differences? Well, the main difference that people think about is the tax difference or the tax benefits and how they work. So all those categories of accounts that I just shared with you will have one of two tax benefits, or in some cases they combine them, right? So, so the first tax benefit is what we call tax deferred. So that's a traditional IRA. And with a traditional IRA, you make a contribution, right? You take money from your bank account, whether it be a checking account or savings account or wherever it comes from, you deposit it into that account. That's called a contribution. And when you make that contribution, you deduct the amount of that contribution, right, from your taxable income this year or the year that you make that contribution, right? And, and so you get a tax deduction. All that money grows tax protected. And so it will, it will compound exponentially faster and larger as a result. And then at the end, uh, when you take what's called a distribution, take the money out to spend on our lifestyle, right? We're going to go take a cruise. We're going to buy a motorcycle. We pay taxes at that time, but only on what we distribute. And by the way, we don't pay all the taxes we pay now on our earned income. They get rid of a few for us, right? So it's a very tax advantaged way to accumulate wealth and be able to spend the wealth. Now, by... By contrast, there's what we call a tax. And by the way, that's a traditional IRA. Tax deferred equals traditional, right? And, and I'll use that terminology back and forth. The, the other type of an account is a Roth IRA. And, and a Roth IRA, we, we usually refer to it as a tax-free account. And the reason why we call it a tax-free account is that when you make that contribution, instead of taking uh, a deduction this year, right? We don't ask the government for a deduction. We, we, we willingly pay the taxes, which I get, we all hate to do, believe me. If you saw my tax bill, Trust me, you know how much I hate taxes, okay? Uh, it's just never enough, it seems like, for the government. <laughs> it's, it's like, I mean, is this ever gonna end? And the answer is yes, I'm gonna show you the way out of that mess, if, if you get frustrated with like I do. So, so the way out of that mess is with a Roth, we, we, we put money in after we've already paid the taxes on it, right? So it's in our bank account, we make the contribution, and so we don't take a tax deduction this year for that contribution. But now, every dollar we make grows tax protected, just like in the first scenario, right? So earnings, profits, income, it just compounds and snowballs uh, because we're not paying taxes as we go. So it's gonna grow exponentially faster and larger. But the magic with the Roth comes in at the end, right? Because when 
we decide that we want to start to spend money from that account, it's 100% tax-free, right? No income tax, no capital gains tax, no AMT tax, no tax. If I make, say, $10,000 a month in my Roth, I can spend, so long as it's a qualified distribution, $10,000 a month, 100% tax-free. So I get all $10,000 to spend. The government gets no piece of it. Right. And, and that's the power of the Roth. And so, you, you know, it's the, the Roth is the only way that I know that you can go from forever taxed to never taxed, right? Forever taxed to never taxed. That's what a Roth does for you. So if, if you hate the pain of paying the taxes every year, if you see what you're, you're paying, trust me, there is a strategy to take yourself out of that situation. And, and a Roth or a tax-free type of an account is something that you'd want to learn how to incorporate into your plan. Right. And the other thing about the Roth is that your profits and stuff. So when you, when you contribute your earned income, you're taxed, but with your profits, you you don't have that same problem, right? Exactly. So as an example, like I know you being a real estate, you, you two being a real estate investors, right? If you owned a property as an example uh, in, in that Roth account, all that income comes back to your account 100% tax free, right? There, there's no income tax. There's no tax on it. If you were to end up, uh, selling that property. You know, a lot of people in real estate circles think about, you know, 1031 exchanges and, and the, 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 and, and I'm all for 1031 exchanges if, if that's the best option. But I always tell people like, I don't, one of the reasons why I'm not a huge fan of 1031 exchanges is that I find my best investments when I'm dealing with motivated sellers, not when I'm a motivated buyer. Right. And because of that clock that 1031s put on us, we become motivated buyers in many cases. However, with using a self-direct retirement account, it's kind of like a 1031 exchange with no time limit, right? Because if you sell a property and book a capital gain on that property, that's in that account. You never have to reinvest it if you don't want to, or you can, right? And you do it on your time frame. And so if, if people are familiar with 1031s, then self-directed takes that, retirement accounts take that to a whole other level, right? In, in a way. When, when you're investing through that account. So yeah, you're exactly right. The profits are protected from tax. Yeah, so I know for real estate investors, the Roth is, I think, the, the preferred, you know, the traditional IRA, you're eventually going to pay your tax on your distribution. So you'll, you'll eventually pay something. So if you make a ton of money being a successful investor in your traditional, you, you're going you're to get hit with something on the back end. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you'll come out ahead the only like and this is what i tell people like there's three environments that you can create wealth in or attempt to create wealth in right the first one is a taxable environment the second one is the tax deferred and the third one is the tax free yeah. the only bad choice out of those three is taxable right particularly with the self-directed retirement account because if it, what i tell people is if you can do it outside your retirement account you can pretty much do it inside your retirement account right subject to a few rules that the government has for us but but generally speaking Anything you can do outside your account, you can do inside your account. We just have to follow the rules. So when you think about it in that perspective, right? Like I have a business, obviously, right? I own businesses. And so I do that because I need current income. But in terms of income, so I can transition out of working in the businesses and everything else, right? That's where the retirement piece comes in. So that's my transition plan out of having to be, quote, gainfully employed, right? On a daily basis, whether it be for myself or someone else, Right. At some point, you know, there, there's we want to make that transition and, and have more control over our time. And, and so that's really what that that account will, again, enable people to do, because 
it comes back to a lot of those tax protections that they give us. So, so our money, we're going to keep more of our money. So why pay taxes on all of it if you have a choice, particularly on money you're not going to spend today? Right. So Edwin, uh, also, we, you know, we're in multifamily. I'm in single family as well, but we're doing multifamily now. And the, I guess the big topic in multifamily is that, you know, when you use your IRA to invest in the properties that are secured by a debt, uh, the, the, the debt portion of the, IRA, the, the investment is taxable. And a lot of people are using their solo 401ks to kind of avoid that, I guess. Is that true? Mm-hmm. So can you run through for us when you, when someone is investing in a multifamily syndication as a passive investor and the property is secured by a debt, say an 80%, you know, loan or something, how does that function? And then does this, how does the solo 401k help it give someone an advantage in that situation? Yeah. So if you have an investment and so I'll say if there, there's only two ways to trigger a tax inside of an IRA or inside of a retirement account. And I'll, and I'll start off with being specific to an IRA, right? is that you can, if you own or operate a business inside that account, so it's not prohibited, meaning it's not, it's not a, you can't do that. You can own a business and, and have a business operating inside your retirement account. However, that business income is taxable, right? The, the second way to trigger a tax inside of a retirement account or an IRA is to borrow money inside the account. So one of the great things and I'm an avid believer in it when it's done correctly and wisely and somebody, you know, does it as it, as it connects to their plan. But what happens is the government says, you know, if you don't have enough money or cash in your account to make an investment, your, your account's allowed to borrow. it. So that's a legal backdoor to the contribution limit. The contribution limit is the only limit on, on what we can put in the account from a, from a dollar standpoint. But by being able to borrow in the account, right, that, that, that kind of goes around that, that legal limit of the contribution. What the government says, though, is, is that, hey, look, we acknowledge or recognize that there's some amount of income or profits that have come from the use of this debt. And so in that scenario, as long as the debt is in place, then some portion of that income, right, is going to be subject to this tax, it's, it's called UDFI tax. Some people call it UBIT tax, but it's unrelated debt finance income. So income from debt financing that you've used in the account. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into detail on that, but what I will say is if, if you trigger that inside of an IRA, you get to take, you know, expenses against it. You know, you file a tax return for it. And, 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 and so I say you will trigger the tax and you may pay some tax, right? Because everybody understands a little bit about how real estate works. So that's what I can say about that is that, that you will trigger it. You may pay some. Now the, the specific question you asked John was about, you know, well, is there a way around that? And the answer is yes. So, so in most scenarios, right? If you did that same exact transaction, you put some money down, let's say, and you borrow money, say to buy a property, you do that inside of a solo 401k or a Roth 401k or an individual K like it goes by different names, but it's the same thing. QRP qualified retirement plan. You, you do that same transaction in that QRP, the UDFI does not apply to that transaction. So you don't even have to worry about paying any of that tax. So yes, to your point, if when we, when we work with clients actually, so one of the things we do is we actually create custom plan designs for clients. And so we look at like you as, a, as an individual, your business, and uh, if you have one, and your family, 
right? And then we kind of map everything out and say, here's what you qualify for, here's how it works, given your goals, right? Here's what will help you get there faster, quicker, easier. And then clients implement that plan as they choose. But that's something we provide. So one of those questions is that we ask when we're putting those plans together is, you know, what type of investment strategies do you think you might use? You may not even use that investment strategy, but what do you think you might use? Because if someone says, hey, I think about buying and borrowing, well, then we're going to recommend the solo K if someone qualifies for that because they can avoid that UDFI issue you were asking about. Right. So, Edwin, too, I think the market's pretty volatile right now. And I think in 2008, 2009, you know, everybody I talk to that uh, discusses this stuff with me, I guess, it seems like self-directed is a kind of in a boom time whenever, whenever Wall Street is, is at its most volatile. Are you seeing that people are, are heading towards self-directed hiring and they want to take the power of their own investments kind of in their own hands? Are you seeing yeah. that become more popular? Yeah, it's, it, it definitely, it gets people's attention because what, what people have witnessed in this time so far, right? And it can change day by day, week by week. It's, it's a very interesting time. I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. But what we've seen is the same amount of volatility, in my opinion, that's, that's how I would call it. I would say it's the same amount of volatility. It's just been collapsed into a, a much shorter time frame, So people see it more, right? That's all. But, but in the stock market, that's how the stock market works. It's volatile, right? It goes up and it goes down and it, and it does what it does. So when that happens, yeah, people are interested in diversifying. In some cases, people are interested in protecting their, their, part of their, we'll call it their downside, right? So they might want to leave some money in the stock market because they say, I, you know, I think it's going to come back. I don't want to miss the upside, but I also don't want all the downside, right? So I'm going to take some money off the table and self-correct that. In some cases, they just say, I've had it, right? They're completely out and they start self-correcting. But the evidence of all that is that when COVID and the quarantine hit really and showed up in America was March, we had a record month in March. In fact, we opened up 40% more accounts in March this year over last year and transferred in 40% more money. Right. So a shift really started to take place in March when this really kicked into high gear. People get, people get nervous with other people managing their money. They, they want to take the power back themselves, right? Yeah. The thing is, is that I had people before COVID hit, like literally, I mean, we were, you know, like, Life was pretty normal in January and February, right? And then all of a sudden, March, everything shifted. Now, we, we got a heads up. Like, I realized in February, the second Saturday of February, that this was going to hit the U.S., right? So, so that Monday, uh, that second Monday, whatever it was, in February, we started making immediate changes in the business. And so by the time this hit in March, we were already kind of transitioning for that and, and anticipating it. So we, we didn't miss a beat in, in that sense. But the, the thing, one of the things, and one of the reasons why those accounts, right, increased is, is to your point, like pe people want to do something other than just the stock market because they're concerned about the volatility. But the other thing that happened is, is that with the CARES Act, there was a lot of positive things that were put in there. But one of the most positive things is that it gave people unprecedented access to their retirement accounts, right? And, and so, and that's for 2020, unless they extend it, but right now it's for 2020. And, and so, so again, you've got a lot of drivers right now where people are looking at alternatives and diversification and, and, and having options that they never had before. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So speaking of diversification, 
I really liked what you said a second ago is how you take each individual and kind of alter a plan or create a strategy for them. So I'm going to paint a small picture for you. If there's someone who is looking for diversification in their portfolios, what do you think would be the best route if they are looking to passively invest in uh, real estate, especially a multifamily syndication? Yeah, well, I think that what we see is for people who want to be, so there's two ways to invest uh, with a self-directed retirement account, right? To be active or passive. And a lot of people start out thinking they want to be active and they may or may not actually want to be active. There's, there's more people though that don't have the ability to be active, right? They don't have the knowledge. They don't have the expertise. They don't have the time. And, and so in those cases, then what they need is a more passive investment strategy. And so what do those look like? Typically, uh, they can be PPMs, syndications, lending, right? Private lending to other real estate investors. We see, we see most investment taking place within self-directed accounts. Anyway, what I can tell you is in real estate or real estate related investments. So as an example, if somebody lends money to another real estate investor, the, the note is the asset in the, in the retirement account but it's backed by that real estate transaction, right? So I call that a real estate related transaction, even though it's a note. That's very different than owning the property. But the, you know, there's different ways of participating in real estate from a passive standpoint and you know, lending and investing in syndications or you know, going in with other investors who are putting together a project is one that we see pretty regularly. So, so those, the, those are just a couple ways to do it. Fantastic. Real estate is a, a sought after, I guess, medium for, for people in a self-directed space to put their money. Uh, is, that, is that true? Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of ways that people get interested in self-directing. Like I said, sometimes it's Bitcoin. Like we see that a lot with cryptocurrencies and things like that. There's a lot of interest in, in cryptocurrencies. But real estate seems to be the mainstay. And, and I'll tell you, the reason why I think that is, and I know why it's, it's, it's my focus personally, is, you know, I, I, I realized a long time ago, I said, you know what, it's way easier if I just figure out what successful people do and, and, and just duplicate it right. as we can understand mm -hmm. it, and trying to reinvent the wheel, right? Because, you know, as, as the book of Ecclesiastes says, there's nothing new under the sun, right? It's all been done and seen before. So it's just a matter of understanding it really. So I find that a quicker path to success for me anyway. So there was a book written several years ago by the name, uh, the, the author's name was James Burns. And he wrote a book called The Secret Pillars of Wealth. And what he did was he, he looked at and evaluated and analyzed who's the top 1% wealthiest people in this country and how did they get that way? Well, what he found was 74% of the time, they got that way one of only two ways. One was owning a business, right? Being an entrepreneur or two was investing in real estate. Those were the two drivers that got people into the top 1%. You take out those two things, it's minuscule, right? right. Things like being a CEO of a fortune 500 company or right, which things are not, are not a Available. See, that's the thing. Like starting a business, I can do that. Investing in real estate, I can do that. Even if I don't know how to invest in real estate, right? I can, I can meet someone and, and network and build a network and invest with other people, right? I can go in with them on a transaction. I can leverage their knowledge. But, you know, becoming CEO of a Fortune 500 company, that's not really up to me. You know, being a highly compensated ER surgeon, 
which it's funny because he did put those people in the top 1%, but I will tell you having many of those folks as clients, I don't consider them wealthy. They have high incomes, but they typically spend almost every penny that they make. So I say they're broke. They're just broke at a higher level, right? They don't actually understand wealth. And so, uh, and what wealth is, wealth is not, is not a high income. Wealth is having assets that spin off income that can pay our bills for us and maintain our lifestyle. And so that's, that's why these people come to me when they're 60 because they're like, I can't keep my house, the exotic vacation every quarter or the four luxury cars that are leased in my garage unless I have a way to replace my income, right? So that's not wealth, right? That's not wealth. But, but yeah, so at any rate, that's the real estate continues, I think, because of that to be, and I think always will, right? I mean, it always has been. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you go back and read these historical documents. I mean, look at how, you, you know, old Europe, I mean, it was all about land ownership, right? I mean, they worked the land, but they leased the land from the Lord. I mean, land was what created and built the wealth. And, and so it's no secret. It's, it's been that way forever, <laughs> you know? So, so again, I'm just, I, I just like to go with what has been proven over a long period of time. Right. Yeah, so the, top, exactly. the, the top two ways are uh, start a business and invest in real estate. So if you start a real estate business, then you're for sure going to be in the 1%, right? Yeah, you can buy those two things. Yeah. Uh, well, tell us a little bit, if you don't mind, uh, just tell us a little bit about the process of someone were interested in doing this. Uh, I know they can contact Specialized IRA, but if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about the process of, of setting up uh, or going from where they're at today into a self-directed program. Maybe map that out. You talked a little bit about it earlier. Maybe map that out for someone to say, hey, this is, this is what you need to do to get started doing that. Yeah, so, so there's three steps, okay? And I call it my triple D process, right? It's three steps to self-direct. So the first step is to decide. What do you have to decide? You decide that you want to diversify. You decide that you want more than what you feel you've been getting. You decide that you want to create a plan that's going to get you where you want to go and you know it's going to get there or you have a high degree of probability that's going to get you there versus looking at the last 10, 15, 20 years saying, hey, I'm nowhere close to where I need to be at this point, right? In other words, you decide that you're committed to making a shift and, and, and self-directing and, and taking control of your financial life and your financial future and your family's financial future and you say this is what I'm going to do so when you decide that then you start with your very first account again we have specialists who can help you figure out what's the best starting place for you but you start with your first account it takes all of 10 to 15 minutes to fill out the paperwork submit it online right and then the accounts open so that's the first step second step is to deposit deposit money in the account so you have something to work with and begin investing. There's options at every level of, the, of investment. Now we don't, as a, as a, as a self-directed custodian or as a passive custodian as we're also known, we don't sell investments, advise on investments or, or, or steer or anything like that. So that's the self-directed part, right? The clients get to come in and play a role and, and decide for themselves what they're, they're investing in. So we don't, we don't provide investments. We provide the service that unlocks the money so you can invest in all these amazing things. So the way you deposit money in the account, there's a few different ways. So one is a contribution. We talked about that already. Second way is a transfer, which comes from another IRA. So if someone has an IRA at, at a bank or a brokerage, they can transfer all or some of that money into a self-directed retirement account. Third way is what a lot of people call a rollover, but a rollover is people usually refer to that as 
money that comes from an old company sponsored plan like a 401k or a 403b or a TSP. But that money can come over. By the way, when the money comes over correctly, when that transfer or rollover is done correctly, it comes over dollar for dollar. So if you have $100,000 in your retirement account or your old 401k at work, 100,000 shows up right in your self-directed retirement account. So that's the second step. You've deposited money in the account. Now the third step is to direct that money, right? And that's where, it, that's the magic in the whole process because it's in that step that you get to say to Specialized, hey, here's what I want to invest in, right? Here's what I want to do with my money. And that's the piece that puts you in true uh, control over your retirement account and that you can direct it into what you choose. And, and so that's the th simple three-step process. And, and so it really just begins with the decision. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So your story has been amazing and you have shared so much incredible information. I've just been sitting here soaking it all up. But what does the American dream mean to you? And then additionally, how are you taking it to the next level, either individually or within your company? Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's funny that the company is a reflection of my American dream. So, so I, like I said, my, my dream started out when I was young. I was in sixth grade. Uh, we were broke. And I didn't like, I, I made a decision. I saw how my, mo you know, my mother was getting along in life. And I said, you know what, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to feel the way she feels when I have kids, right? Like being able to take them to the store, not just knowing if you're going to be able to walk out with groceries as an example, right? Like I, I said, that's not going to be when I grow up. And so I started working in, in sixth grade. That's how I came up with the money. You know, I did odd jobs. And that's how I came up with the money to start investing. But, but my, my American dream, I thought it was about, you know, money and, and creating wealth. But what I've learned along the way is that it's really about having control in our lives, right? It's that, that I want to be able to control my destiny, that I want to be able to live the life that I choose and not have someone else dictate the rules to me. And that's different than laws, right? Laws we need to have. I'm talking about the rules of how we choose to live our lives. And, and so, so that's what it's really about for me is control and freedom and the ability to live with a lot of dignity and respect and, and, and instill these things in my children, right? So that they can do the same thing and that they can pass it on to the next generation. And the reason why I say that co the company is a reflection of that is that the company is the pathway to enable, you know, everybody to do it, right? It's through the knowledge and the education and, and the tools that we provide that allow people to tap into that for themselves and create their own dream, right? And get there faster and easier than they thought they ever could. So, so that's how it all comes together. That's yeah. amazing. I love how you started investing when you were in middle school. I thought I started early. <laughs> <laughs> so Edwin, finally, how can our listeners either get in touch with you or learn more about your company or learn more about what you guys are doing? Yeah. So the best way is just to go to the website, specializedtrustcompany.com. Uh, right now we are giving away my latest book. So I've written a couple books, uh, but giving away my latest book for free along with a free consultation. And those consultations are usually $97 to $297 with a specialist, but given what's going on right now, right, we're, we're offering those up for free. And so that way you can get your specific questions answered. Find out is self-directing for you, right? Is that something that you want to pursue? How would you go about it? Right. All those things, are, are good questions to ask and 
and can all get answered in, in those consultations. And so you can get that consultation in the book for free by simply going to the website, specializedtrustcompany.com. There's also an 800 number up in the top right hand corner. And so if you don't want to fill out the form and you just want to call in right away, you can call the 800 number you see there on, on our website. And then you can get with a self-directed specialist and they'll get you scheduled for that consultation right away. Fantastic. Well, Edwin, uh, thanks a ton for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. You know, we're just kind of getting this started, Abby and I, and we, we really appreciate someone of your caliber coming on the knowledge and, and experience and just everything you have in this specific area is, is unprecedented. And for you to just come and share that is, is, is amazing for us. And we, you know, hopefully uh, people got a lot out of it. I'm sure if anybody listens to this, that they can't help but get a ton. So uh, we really thank you for coming on and, and um, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Best of luck to you guys on, uh, on everything you're working on in your world. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level American Dream. If you would like to learn more about what we talked about today, want to contact the team directly, or are interested in passively investing and being a part of our deal room, head over to our website at www.thompsonmultifamilygroup.com. Before you go, please leave a review. Your comments help us create more episodes for you to enjoy.